All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting below or upvoting the video. And make your second listen. Watch on uh, Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy is the host of that. He is joining our show to talk about the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game. How you doing, Chris? What's going on, Stephen? How are you, man? Man, I'm obviously a little bit fresher and more rested than you are because you just came back from New York getting ready for a Houston Astros World Series. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, cover a couple World Series. It's kind of it's it's kind of fun. Last year, the Braves had a bunch of former SEC guys. Uh, the Astros had a couple, so I was able to interview them. But this one, I think, outside of you know the the only. Uh, really intriguing matchup. Aaron Nola is going to start game one for the Phillies. He's an LSU guy and his former teammate from LSU, Alex Bregman plays for the Astros. So kind of a cool little storyline there, but outside of that, not a whole lot of uh, SEC guys on either team. So from that angle, I kind of missed the storyline. Uh, you know, I wish, wish we had a bunch yeah. of SEC guys playing in this. Yeah. It's kind of weird um, going on, but let's go to the game today. We, enough world series talk. Um, Lane Kiffin made headlines this week, whenever he talked about DJ Durkin and Texas A&M outbidding them for DJ Durkin, and that is something that that to which that school does on the regular, that's obviously a shot at NIL. It's a shot at the recruiting story that went back way back during the summer. What do you think's going on, man? I, I always take those comments a little bit. I understand what he's saying. It's a shot at A&M, and it's you know uh, I love Kiffin will take shots whenever he can. But this also feels like, and this kind of goes in a theme with some of the comments Kiffin has made when it's come to NIL stuff, is I feel like it's a little bit of a shot at Ole Miss saying, hey, like, you guys keep supporting us. Keep stepping up with, you know, money and all this kind of stuff because they were, he kind of made some comments early on about, you know, oh, with NIL stuff, you know, we, we can't uh, – we can't even get in that same category as the A&Ms and the Alabamas and that kind of stuff. Like th those are kind of the vibes I get when Kiffin says this kind of stuff is that it's kind of a message and not, like I said, maybe not even a shot, but like a message to the Ole Miss alumni. Like, Hey, y'all better keep writing those checks and helping us out because this is how the game is played. Now we need NIL money. We need facilities constantly updated. We need to pay, you know, Annie up and pay our coaches more when, you know, when they're threatening to, to leave. So I, I kind of get that vibe from Kiffin uh, when he says those kind of things. I don't know if that's really what his what he's trying to do, but that was kind of the vibe I got. Was one, yeah, it was a shot at A and M. Hey, they can go buy whatever they want, but also kind of, hey, Ole Miss faithful, let's not lose coaches that are really good because another team wants to come and outbid us. We got to step up to the plate and match those deals when they're offered. Yeah, I, I think it had uh, also a little something to do with Jimbo calling him a clown in the offseason as well. I think it goes back. It's kind of like a callback to that. That's my impression of it. But I'm following a completely different way than you probably are on the outside. Now, Ole Miss plays Texas A&M. It's basically Devon A. Shane on one side and Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins on the other. Both teams struggle against the run. Basically, whichever quarterback has a better day, is that the team that's going to walk out of College Station with the win? Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, look, uh, A&M's defense, they've had moments this year where they've looked really good. They've had moments where they haven't looked so good. Um, you know, I, I was kind of previewing this uh, game earlier this week with somebody, and, you know, I was saying, look, if, if, if Zach Evans is back and, and he's ready to go with Quinchon, I could see a scenario where they just run the ball at will 
wear down AM's defense and win that way. Um, you know, and don't even need Jackson Dart to do anything big. Now, I do think Jackson can maybe get his legs going again this week. You know, we saw him rush for 100 yards against Auburn, and then LSU basically put Harold Perkins on him and said, wherever he goes, you go, and completely took away Jackson's running ability. Um, you know, AM, I don't know if they have the, the players that can do that. So, you know, I think maybe this is a game where maybe Jackson Dart uses his legs again to keep drives alive. But I don't know if I put it on him to say, you know, we're going to need his arm to to beat uh, to beat AM. If I would, you know, look at any of the pieces at AM, they've got some great big five stars on that D line, but they're still all kind of finding their footing, still trying to gel with one another. And it's it's like a hodgepodge of a bunch of really good players, but they don't play great together. I think if anything, AM secondary has been pretty good, you know, pretty underrated in the SEC this year. So I would say, like, that's probably the strength of their defense is their secondary. So maybe I don't want Jackson Dart throwing it all over the field. I, I think we're going to know early on. If Ole Miss is, is gashing them with, with big runs like they did early in that game against LSU and, and Quinchon Judkins getting big gains and all that, maybe that's how Ole Miss can win this game is running the ball, score some points, run the clock, and, and get out with a win because um, – you know, if they are pressured to have to throw with Dart and Dart's successful, I don't know if AM's offense can keep up. You know what I mean? Like, if this game becomes a shootout, which is kind of what I thought the LSU game was going to be last week, but the second half, it wasn't a shootout. It was yeah. all LSU. But if, if, it, if it turns into a shootout, I don't know. AM's offense can't keep up. So I would almost say it's something like this, Stephen. Like, if, if, if I put a bar and say Ole Miss needs to get to 30, I don't think, Ole, I don't think uh, A&M can get to 30 points. So – Simple as that. Ole Miss, you score 30 points, I think you're going to win this game. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I, um, I had Joey Ikes. Um, I did a crossover with him, and we did our score prediction. I think I went with 34-27, Ole Miss winning the game. I think they'll be able to score a little bit. Um, but I, th I do think it's interesting that Lane Kiffin would come out and do this because in Monday's press conference against Jimbo, he had some shots at A&M that day. And when Lane's taking shots, he feels confident. Now, that doesn't mean that Ole Miss is necessarily going to win the game. He just probably feels pretty good about it going into it. Yeah, and again, this, this is who Lane is. I mean, he's mm. he's going to take shots, and, uh, you know, Jimbo has kind of picked and choosed his spots when he takes shots. Um, I will say, though, I mean, you, you, you gave Ole Miss, what, 27 in your score prediction, or A&M 27? Mm -hmm. uh, A&M has, has scored 27 points once this season. That was week one against Sam Houston. Um, their offense has been got awful. That's why I say, like, I think 30 points does it for Ole Miss. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with the quarterback spot. They, they were talking about maybe we see more Connor Wegman. Maybe Haynes King is, is good to go. Uh, we know Max Johnson's been sidelined. It's been a hodgepodge of different guys at that quarterback spot uh, for the Aggies. And and it's it's the one spot that they're really lacking. Like you mentioned, A-Shane has, has been great in, in the backfield. The O-line has been dealt with a bevy of injuries, but at times they play decent. Like I said, I think the defense overall has been pretty good. Uh, man, if they, if they had just, and I'll just throw a name out, like if they had a Bryce Young at quarterback, I think, a&M would have one loss right now or, or be undefeated like or like they're that good so um you know it, but the quarterback spot is just so important especially for a team like this uh Jimbo has been known as a great play caller throughout the years I think that, that time has passed him by I think he needs to hand over the play calling duties to somebody else I think that's what's going to happen this offseason if they don't fire him again it's a lot of money to pay a guy nine million a year 
till 2031. Uh, but I think they're going to pressure him and say, you got to give up the play calling duties and you got to bring in a big new offensive minded person to come in here. You know, one name I threw out there kind of as a joke, but uh, Tom Herman, you know, head coach at Houston and Texas. He's on the CBS Sports Network right now. Bring back Tom Herman. I'm sure, you know, hey, look, we'll pay you millions to come be the OC at A&M. Uh, you know, ran pretty good offenses, uh, won a national championship at Ohio State as their OC. I think that's not a bad name that AM could bring in, but basically make Jimbo, force Jimbo into being, hey, look, we're not going to fire you, but we're going to take all the duties away from you. You're going to be the figurehead. You're going to be like Coach, o- Coach Ed Ogeron. Just go sit there and be rah-rah and get these guys ready to go, and your OC and your DC are going to coach up the team and, and be ready to go. So I think that's where AM is going to go uh, in the offseason. And I only bring that up because, the, the, right, like I said, the offense has been so bad. You score 23 points in that game against Arkansas that you should have lost. Uh, one, you know, one of those was a defensive touchdown. You score 24 against Mississippi State. You score 20 against Alabama. You're on the goal line. You had a chance to win the game. You couldn't do it. Uh, and you scored 24 last week against South Carolina. I mean, it's it's been an inept offense, and a big part of it has been that the quarterback problem. Why why does Jimbo have such a problem finding a quarterback? I am it, it, Texas not having a quarterback in Texas is almost inexcusable because they basically just print them like money. That's the thing, Steven, is go look at these guys. It's not like these are little three stars that he found at some Juco or something yeah. like Zach Calzada, Haynes King, uh, Connor Wegman. These are all highly touted quarterbacks. Um, you know, even, before that, you know, he, 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 when you go back to his days at Florida State, he had some great quarterbacks, great college quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Christian Ponder, E.J. Manuel. You can even go back to his LSU days as OC, Ed Jamarcus Russell, got him to be drafted number one overall. Forget about what happened with those guys in the NFL because so many of them have flamed out. Jameis is still hanging around. But point being, they were really good to great college quarterbacks. Jameis won a Heisman. Um, you know, what happened between then and now? I think defenses have changed. Defenses have adjusted. That same playbook from 1989 is not working in 2022. And so that's where I think the play calling duty has has to be given up. Look, is Haynes King, has he lived up to the hype of being as a highly touted quarterback as he was? No. But I don't know how much of that is on Haynes King's lack of development versus are the coaches putting him in the best position to be successful? Is the playbook putting him in the best position to be successful? Connor Wegman, who got into the game last week, was the number one quarterback in the state of Texas. It's yeah. not like this dude was 24th and they're just taking a flyer on him. Like, the talent is there. Now it's on yeah. the coaches to put him in position he's, to win. He's a true freshman. He gets a pass at this point. We don't know. But, like, Haynes King and Zach Calzada and those guys. I mean, Kellen Mond, I mean, he. I guess Jimbo didn't know what he had with Kellen Mond. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely well, crazy. Yeah, yeah. so uh, again, like I think, uh, you know, he needs to kind of play to his quarterback strengths, and uh, you know, I, I assume it's going to be King in this game. We may see some Wegman. I don't know how they're going to do it, uh, play, play it out the, uh, as the game gets going, but uh, it's got to be predicated on Devon A. Chain having over 100 yards rushing. If Devon A. Chain has 120 on the ground and you know no turnovers from the quarterback, A.M.'s going to be in this game. Yeah, I thought um, my key to the game. Now that we'll just go over into that real quick. Ole Miss, even though they're a light box defense, and that's what they do, they need to find a way to populate this box. Because even if they're throwing the ball, they need to um, pressure the quarterback and they need to get exotic with it. They don't need to get 
sound outside of the run game, but they need to figure out a way to get to the quarterback, especially if Haynes King is in there. Um, Connor Wegman is a true freshman. They need to pressure him. And that way you will at least populate that box for Devon A-Chain because A-Chain is a, by a million miles the key to this game. And I told somebody this week that if Ole Miss can hold A-Chain between 90 and 100 yards, they have a good chance of winning this game. Um, if they let A-Chain go off, that's a different story. They could lose this game and A-Chain can win it by himself. Yeah, and we saw last week A-Chain is really good catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, they lost an I Smith for the season a few weeks ago. That was a big blow uh, to their to their pass catchers. Evan Stewart, the freshman, has been very good. It sounds like you know a couple of these freshmen are going to be suspended this coming week and, and uh, Chris Marshall and a few others. So it's basically Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, and that's it. So I'm with you. I, I think A&M – uh, or uh, Ole Miss's uh, mantra against LSU last week was, you know, they were kind of saying we're going to – we know Jaden Daniels is a running quarterback. We're going to try to take that away. And they started beating them down the down the field with those big-body receivers that LSU has. And so when, a, when Ole Miss backed off, that's when Jaden Daniels started to use his legs and get out in space and, and get the big gains. And so I don't, with A&M, I don't think you have to worry about that. I would trust my DBs if I'm LSU or if I'm Ole Miss one-on-one with the AM receivers, try to slow down uh, Evan Stewart and, and Moose Muhammad and say, take my chances. We're going to load up the box and we're going to try to slow down Devon A chain for beating us. Because again, uh, whoever the quarterback is for AM, I just don't trust him, um, you know, in beating me one on one coverage if I'm Ole Miss. Now, we go back two weeks ago, Ole Miss had some tackling issues in that Auburn game. Um, you know, it, it didn't look like that improved this past week against LSU. I saw some missed tackles and you know, uh, boneheaded penalties and things like that. They can't, they got to play smart. Ole Miss has got to play smart. Mm -hmm. This defense has looked very different these last two weeks than they did through the first, what, five, six weeks. So they got to clean some things up, but uh, sure-handed tackling will be key this week. Yeah, and we'll get, we'll see exactly how the Ole Miss defense does with that because you are absolutely right. Even going back to Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Auburn, LSU, they found something in Ole Miss's defense and, they're, and people are going to keep doing that over and over again until Ole Miss can figure out a way to stop it. And uh, A-Chain is in Texas A&M. They're going to do whatever Texas A&M's version of that is. That's what they're going to do, and they're going to do it over and over and over again until Ole Miss proves they can stop it. Yeah, no doubt. And, again, I think, uh, I think uh, time of possession will be big here too. You know, I think if uh, – uh, Ole Miss can force A&M into some three and outs, with they, which they've been uh, susceptible to. You know, had a, had a couple of those last week against South Carolina. Uh, Ole Miss is great at playing ball control. Now they can score fast. I mean, we've seen that this year with the run game as good as it is. Quinchon Judkins can break off a big 30, 40 yard run, score a touchdown, and you know you're giving the ball back to the other team. But I think in this in this game, that's fine because again, I don't know if A&M can answer. You know, that's 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 the big thing. If Ole Miss is scoring on some big plays. Can A&M answer back? Um, you know, that's where I say, if Ole Miss's best uh, objective here is make this thing a shootout, I think they win. Yeah. It basically, make Haynes King and, or Wiegman and the receivers beat you. Do, just do not let Devon A. Chain do it. Anyway, what's your score prediction in this game? Yeah, I'm going to say, like I said, the, the line of if Ole Miss hits 30, I think they win. I think it's something like 31-21 or 31-20. I think, you know, you force a and settle for a, fuck, a couple of field goals. And uh, I just don't, I, again, like I go back to what A&M has done all season offensively is they've struggled to score 
you know, higher than 24 points. I just, I think Ole Miss's defense will be up to the challenge, and I think, uh, I think Ole Miss wins uh, convincingly in uh, in College Station. Tough place to play, but give me Ole Miss 31-20. And if that result actually comes true, that game against Alabama potentially gets off the charts. Yeah, because look, mm-hmm. LSU Alabama is such a big one in two weeks, mm-hmm. but. You know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, as much as you like to see Alabama lose, I think you kind of want to root for Alabama to win that one, beat LSU, um, and then you know when when Ole Miss faces Alabama, yes, it, it comes down to that. If somebody said like LSU Alabama is for the SEC West, well, yes, unless LSU loses, and then Ole Miss Alabama is for the SEC West. <laughs> it's just funny how it works out, but yeah, that's the scenario we're looking at. Yeah. Pretty good. Anyway, thank you, Chris, um, for doing this. Next week we'll come back and we'll talk – well, actually, next week's a bye week. We'll talk Alabama in a couple of weeks. Maybe I can come on your show if you, you'll you have me um, during that week as well. Absolutely. We'll talk some uh, some Ole Miss basketball getting underway soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an expert on that. <laughs> anyway, Chris, man, take care, bud. All right. Thanks, David. All right. Oh.